Well, hello there, and good evening. My name is Randolph J., and you're tuned in to the best of what's out there on midtownradio.ca. The premise of this show is a simple one. Each week, we'll be hosting intimate and interactive chats with familiar friends and fascinating strangers about their passions. Could be bird watching, Formula One racing, restoring antiques, or anything else that gets them excited. Our guests will be sharing their fondness for the various subjects that help shape who they are, and occasionally, they may even share their strategies for dealing with everything else in life. Each week, we plan to host a live stream on YouTube during which you can send any questions you may have for our guests, which they'll be able to answer in real time. We'll then take that live stream and edit it down into this podcast to debut right here on Midtown Radio each Monday at 7 p.m., after which point you'll be able to access it anytime by visiting midtownradio.ca. Our guest this week is Nadine Evans, owner and operator of the Tipperary Bog Cheese Shop, proud purveyors of premier artisanal cheeses throughout Brant County since 2010. Now, Nadine was to be our very first live streaming guest, but as you'll soon hear, I still have a lot to navigate regarding the necessary technology involved, as well as the patience that dealing with that technology requires of me. So, until we uh, sort out our streaming and streamline our sorting out, please do enjoy this conversation with with Nadine Evans of the Tipperary Bog as it was recorded yesterday, December 18th, 2022. Enjoy the show. So Nadine Evans, uh, tell us a little bit about Tipperary Bog. Well, the Tipperary Bog sort of sprang into action because there was no cheese shop in Brantford at the time. And I thought, we as a city needed a cheese shop and I was going, why wouldn't somebody open a cheese shop here? So I thought, yeah, why wouldn't somebody open a cheese shop here? So it came into life in 2010 because uh, I like had a vision for the cheese shop. And then I actually asked one of my good friends, Brian Strode, uh, or for Brian from Whittabeans, that's Brian Whittabean from Strode. <laughs> oh my God. I asked him for some you know, advice on owning a business, a food business. And, and, uh, to my luck, Brian actually gave me my first fridge, which, um, boosted me probably six months ahead of time to opening the shop. Nice. And, um, yeah, so I was pretty lucky. Brantford's a great place and they have a lot of great citizens who are very supportive of small business. So that's well, how we came we- into life. I've got to get, so I'm in Cambridge, so I'm a little out of the, the Brantford area. I don't know too much about the downtown Brantford area. Yeah. I will say you've got a beautiful farmer's market, though. Oh, it is such a great market, such a friendly market, the center of the community. Yeah. How long have you been in there? Uh, I've actually been in there for 11 years. So. Oh, so right away. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I, I was in business for about a year and a half, and then I was approached by the Brantford Farmer's Market to come and join them. And uh, that's so I did that. And uh, it's been I never look back. It's a great place to be. Mm. And I yeah. So what were you doing? What were you doing before you got into uh, cheese? Uh, I was actually um, in marketing. So I was actually working for a company called Merits. And I worked over in the UK for most of my career with Merits. And um, and then I moved back to Canada for a stint, probably for about three years where I lived in Dundas. And then moved back to the UK and then decided I wanted to work for myself. So I came back to Canada. Right. And so did, I'm assuming you spent some time in Tipperary then. 
I did not. You did not. <laughs> the Good. name actually came from my lawyer saying, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have all these cutesy little cheese names for my shop. And she's going, pick a name that nobody has. And so I researched it. And uh, the oldest piece of cheese was, uh, a legend has it, found in the Tipperary Bog. And it was 1,400 years old and still edible. So I figured so was, sorry, nobody's uh, going to name their cheese shop after a swamp. So. All right, so let me get this right. So you you you've never been to Ireland? Yeah, I've been to Ireland. You have been to Ireland, but you've never yes. been to Tipperary. No. <laughs> okay, so you've never been to Tipperary. You named your rest or your your cheese shop the Tipperary Bog. Uh, and so this was twelve years ago that you got started. Yeah. All right. So what now? The show, the premise of the show, it's a kind of a working premise where we're talking with people who are passionate about a certain thing. Okay. And our mutual friend Heather. Uh, Heather Slot, who, who's a huge cheese fan. I, I got in touch with her. I thought, you know, let's talk about cheese because she's talking about cheese from time to time. And I said, would you like to be, you know, a guinea pig and be in one of the first shows? And she says, well, I love cheese, but I'll tell you who really loves cheese <laughs> and has almost, she didn't say an unhealthy addiction to cheese, but she <laughs> inferred strongly. And <laughs> she's uh, <you're>, correct. <laughs> okay. So what is it about cheese? So is this a childhood thing or? Um, you know what? It actually, I think more so from my time in Europe. So I lived in France for a couple of years, lived in England, and I was exposed to lots of different cheeses, but more so from a social aspect. So we'd always have like cheese boards and we would do um, cheese and pork nights. And, and it was just a really big thing over there. And and so it was something that was easy. It was delicious. You know, there's always a new variety coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was the thing that I liked and I love social, I love entertaining and that's it. Well, I, I'll tell you, I don't know how easy it can be because it's, I mean, there's, as you say, there are thousands and thousands of varieties of cheese. So I don't understand how e it can't be easy. It really sure can't. Sure it is. When you love something, everything's easy because it's enjoyable. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you're out there and you're having fun. You're out there and you're listening to your customers who have just come back from a European holiday or a trip across Canada up to Quebec and that who tell you about this delicious cheese that they had. And all of a sudden you're just going, I've got to find that cheese. So you find it, you bring it in and everybody loves it. So, you know, it that, that list of different cheeses keeps going up and you're, it's always a steep learning curve, which is mm -hmm. something that I love. And, uh, and I love that we can have that kind of, you know, international and national experience right in Brantford. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, yeah. I love to, because when I, I popped in to see you on the weekend um, and you were very, very busy, but your customers clearly you've got a relationship with your customers. That's, that's a deep one. They really uh, seem like, oh. you, and your face lights up when you're talking about cheese. It's really I, kind of a neat thing to see. It lights up more when I talk about my customers. My kids are always going, Oh my God, you say that every day when I wake up and go, I love my customers. Like you wouldn't believe what they did today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and even like, you know, we were talking about, you know, different things and memories and that. And, you know, COVID was a big one where mm -hmm. all the markets shut down, everything shut down. And um, without like missing a beat, my customers were right there for me. I uh, I was actually busier than with two markets open um, during that time, those shutdowns. And um it's all because of Brantford and the great customers that I have here. And actually we did some deliveries up to Cambridge as well. And that, so <laughs> we were lucky. 
Yeah, well, and it's and it is a it's a great feeling down at that market in general. Just like the everybody seems to. I, I, how long has that market been there? Do you know? Um, the market. Oh God, how's how long is it? It's I believe it's. I can turn of the century. I think it, it's turn of the century. I should know this. I am the <laughs> vendor president. Are you but really? It is. It is very old. Like we used to have it actually in downtown Brantford, mm -hmm. um, where that the university has taken over the old Eaton Center, mm -hmm. and uh, but it used to be an open air market, mm -hmm. and it's like amazing. And even as a kid, we used to go down there because I'm from Brantford. So as a kid, my parents used to take us down to the Brantford Farmers Market, mm -hmm. where it is now. And it was amazing. Like, you know, just fun. You always knew you're going to get treats. You always, everybody knows everybody. And I don't mean just everybody knows the vendors. The vendors know everybody. But people, the customers know each other. And they're constantly connecting down there. I, be I believe it. My wife's family used to have a, a stall up at the St. Jacob's Farmer's Market oh. uh, for years and years and years. And that that's a zoo. It's a lot of fun up there. But it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a jam-packed, uh, full of everything market, and I, I like—I really like the intimacy of the Brantford uh, yeah. market because you—you you you just walk around. They've got all the stuff that you've got at the big markets, but it just has that much uh, smaller kind of. Uh, and and you could tell when I walked in there, I I could tell people knew that I had never been in there before because they're giving yeah, me those looks do. like yeah. They honestly. That. We all know when there's a newbie on the, on the street <laughs> and it's so funny, but you go in in the morning, it's so like, you know, we're all getting there. We're all starting to prep up before the customers come and you've got Dan, our egg man. He's like constantly like playing Christmas music. As soon as that, you know, as soon as we're over November 11th, all of a sudden you hear Charlie Brown's Christmas every morning blasted. Like, <laughs> well, Charlie, I can, I can live with Charlie Brown's Christmas. Like, I don't know if I can live with all of it, but I can live with I Charlie love Brown. It. I love the Christmas music. You can play it all year long. As well. <laughs> oh, really? No, do you have yeah. any favorites? Any particular styles you like? Or, um, well, Mariah Carey is my favorite, of course. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure people will cringe, but this is my favorite because it pumps you right up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, it's a, and, and cheese really does seem like a Christmas kind of, I mean, it's a year-round thing, oh. obviously, but Christmas is very big for, I'm sure the cheese world gets very excited around Christmas time. Oh, my gosh. You wouldn't even believe. Like, the the orders right now are just through the roof, and and it's really exciting because you because you know, like I have calls from everywhere. I got a call in from Northwest Territories and hopefully oh, wow. this doesn't broadcast before Christmas because I had a call from Northwest Territories for um, a couple. And I, I knew that I had customers with kids up in Northwest Territories. So as soon as the guy said Northwest Territories, I knew who, who it was. Oh. And then <laughs> I'm like, okay, take the order. Go, go to the mall to pick up a present for my family and who do I run into his mother <laughs> and I'm like oh hey like this and the trying yeah I haven't just spoken to your son <laughs> oh I see so he's sending from Northwest he's Territories sending, he's sending it locally he's sending it he's to sending in the request for me to deliver to his parents and when when I was talking to him on the phone I said oh yeah I know who your parents are I actually know where they live because they just live around the corner from me <laughs> That's really great. So, so, so you knew him before he went to the Northwest Territories, then? No, I didn't know him. He oh, knows really? that his parents shop with me. 
Oh, so I, know, I, see, I see. I know of him through Very his good. parents because all Branford parents talk about their kids. And the funny <laughs> thing is they all want to impress their kids who are coming from the big city with this fancy cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is fancy cheese. I mean, I, if you get a chance to visit the uh, 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 Nadine's Instagram page or Facebook page, if you go to the Tipperary Bog, uh, there are a lot of great photos of, of cheese. And you've got, I know you did add some sparkle effects, but you didn't need them. This, I know. <laughs> I did like that first look. Yeah. So now, what That's kind of the stuff? Pixie now, dust. The, it is really good. Filter, I'm, I'm just learning to navigate Instagram. I'm still very new at it. I, I It took me a while to get onto Facebook, but I really like Facebook because. You know, you put as much into it and get as much out as you want. It's kind of it's great for birthdays. It's great for telling you know if you need a plumber, you can find a you know you can find all these things. But oh, I'm just kind of getting into Instagram. Are you? Do you have a preference? Instagram, Facebook. I prefer Instagram. Yeah. Myself, like I have a bigger following on Facebook, but as far as doing fun videos and reaching people through the a different sort of media. Yeah. media it's it's much more uh simplistic to use for uh videos and that and just sort of creating that that whole um vibe it creates right. a vibe i don't right. think you can get the same vibe out of facebook <laughs> maybe i don't know i i it's a it's a learning curve as you say it's I'm, all, I'm still trying to figure this out i am still trying to figure out youtube and by next week i'm sure i'll have it navigated i because i did all of the pre-stuff to get ready yeah. to go. And as soon as I started, I'm like, oh, well, now, now, now there are five extra steps that I didn't know were there. So so technology and I are not the best. I don't know if you can see what's in the back. There's nothing technical. i got a grandfather <laughs> clock in my <laughs> That's the most technologically sound thing I can operate. But, okay, now let's get into cheese here. Because now you must, as if you're a cheese fan, I mean, you and you attach cheese to... I guess the so as you say the social aspect of cheese. Mm -hmm. uh, so are you into wine as well, or is it? A, is I, a, a, I've been known to like wine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've been known to do a few wine and cheese variants as well. Very good. Now, are you big on pairing things with uh, like the combinations of cheeses with different other foods and different savories? Um, I think I like. I don't know that I pair with foods that much, even though I do offer a whole you know menu option. As well, during the weeks, most weeks of the year, not these two weeks of the year, but most weeks of the year, everybody knows that I'll just make a, like different pastas and, and, and that with, um, and use it in baking. Mm -hmm. Um, but pairing it on a cheese board, I'm, I'm, I hate even putting cheese with a cracker really, because it really? like takes away, yeah, it <laughs> takes away from the, from the actual essence of the cheese. So, um, I, yeah, I can pair with food. I prefer my cheese personally. Just, I just want to have the chunk of cheese and just, taste what it right, is like. Right out of the wheel. Yeah. yeah, much better to pair with like you know wine and and spirits and and like I've done whiskey and whiskey tastings. I did a fun pairing once though. That was I'll tell you a fun pairing I did. So, uh, family came back uh, from Italy and brought back a whole different um, about five different honeys, mm. and they all had different tastes in the honey like mm -hmm. you know and then so what i did is they asked me to pair each of the honeys with different cheeses that's fun yeah so there's one that they used um the the older men would use first thing in the morning and it would pair with their um coffee right mm -hmm. so they'd have a little bit of the honey have it like taste the honey drink their coffee and what I did is I actually paired it with the espresso bella Vitano. Okay. As as the pairing. So 
you, there's different things that, like that that I've been asked to do. Now, is that is that a hard? Now, we, I guess we have to get into all the different kinds of cheese, like soft cheeses, hard cheese. The one you had just mentioned, the uh, Bellatano, you said? Bellapitano. Bellapitano. So what kind of a cheese is that? Uh, it's actually a hybrid cheese. So it is a hybrid between basically a Parmesan and a cheddar. And okay. so right. it, it combines like two different aspects of the cheeses. So if you looked at um, Guns Hill uh, by Brothers, that would be a hybrid cheese as well. And that's a hybrid between an Appenzeller and a Gouda uh, because he actually trained in Switzerland, mm-hmm. like chef trained in Switzerland. And um, they actually, he's actually a Dutch kid. So, um, mm. but from Canada, he's from Woodstock. And he created this hybrid cheese uh, of the two pairings. So an Appenzeller being Swiss and Gouda being Dutch. All right. Now, do you, now do you, I, uh, are you very involved in the, uh, the science of the cheese as far as how it's made and where it's made? Or do you just wait until it arrives and then you're, that's when you, that's when you come alive? Well, I think you have to know the story of each cheese pretty mm-hmm. much um, to effectively uh, describe the cheese to your customers and mm-hmm. know what they're having, but not even that, like it's pure interest. Like where's this cheese from? Well, how is it made? Like what mm-hmm. is the difference between, you know, having a cheese that is um, made with milk from cows that are at our level versus milk, milk uh, from cows that are Alpine, you know, level oh, right. okay. and go from that. So they're, you know, because of the different vegetation that they're feeding off of, mm. it creates a different essence in the milk. Well, there's so, so many so many variables, I imagine, as far as like the kind are, of cow, as you say, the yeah. location of the cow, the diet of the cow, the treatment of the, the cow, the the uh, whether it's a, an older cow or younger cow, I imagine, makes a difference. Like, so like a lot of Guns Hill uh, cheese, um, he has his own cows, right, for to mm-hmm. make his cheese with. And he has a special feed for those cheese so that they act or to, for those cows because he wants um, like really low nitrates and stuff within mm-hmm. like the milk. So, you know, a lot of, lot of thought going into the cheese making process. But I mean, even if you're looking at seasonal cheeses, a lot of seasonal cheeses are because, you know, the time of year where the cows are grazing. So you would have gross costs from, um, the Netherlands and Grosskos is the first cheese of the season because it's the first um, first hay of the season, first um, the first hay of the season, the first milk of the season, first cheese of the season. That's how it mm. goes. Yeah, oh, it's right. kind of cool. It is. It's very cool. And and the thing too, I have to imagine when you're, it's it's very much like wine, where you don't really know what you have until you've you've done you put all the work in. You've labored hard to to craft what you're crafting, but you have to wait, you know, sometimes three, four, 10, 20 years before you know whether you have a lemon on your hands or whether you've got something truly delicious. Yeah. And a lot of that, like, you know, when you're talking about the longer um, age cheeses, Mm -hmm. you're talking about a lot of tied up real estate that you're paying for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those are like, you've you've a lovely dog. What's your dog's name? This is Duke. Duke. Very He's my sweet. own guy. 
<laughs> very sweet. <laughs> you don't like to just sit down. He likes to be right in front of me. Well, it's because you're talking <laughs> about cheese. What dog wouldn't want to be? Yeah, he's like the most spoiled dog in the world. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, what, I'm, Nadine, no offense, but you probably smell a little like cheese. Of course, he's going to be a loyal dog. Probably. <laughs> I'm a very delicious smelling person. <laughs> we, had, we, we had a basset hound, and he would he would go home with the best smelling family at the dog park. It wouldn't matter. He doesn't care. <laughs> So yeah, absolutely. So now we let's say so now the difference now as I understand it because I don't know that much about cheese and and part of what I like about the idea for doing this show is I get to learn a lot about things that kind of interest me or things that I've never really thought about. Last week we were talking with a gentleman about board games and I don't really know very much, but it was kind of neat to learn about these different board games. So as far as cheese goes, I'm I'm now this is going to sound like a stupid question. Old cheese means it's been sitting longer than than. Yeah. So is that is it because it's always old and strong and it gets stronger as it ages? Is that kind of the way cheese works? Um, necessarily. Like, so what happens? Um, really, the biggest one, the biggest characteristics of an, an older cheese is uh, the crystallization in the cheese, right? Okay. So that just makes and it so harder. So when you have is those it? crunchy bits. Yeah. Okay. And so a lot of people like the old cheese because of those the, that crystallization in the cheese. And um, if you have cheddars take a lot longer to age just because of the moisture levels in the cheddar mm -hmm. and versus goudas, goudas like tend to age a lot faster. So if you have a three-year-old gouda, um, that is a really nice age gouda because like anything sort of getting past that, it's getting almost too hard. It's like wines that way. So some wines age better than um, other wines. But they all okay. have a, a shelf life. They all have a, 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 a nothing lasts forever. I mean, you say fourteen hundred years for cheese. If there's a fourteen hundred year old piece of cheese found in yeah, the bottom, right? If you wait, if you waited another six months, inedible. Fourteen yeah. <laughs> hundred tolerance level. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But now that's interesting because uh, cheese. I mean, I should I should tell you, I'm actually allergic to dairy. But oh, yeah. I don't. I don't let it stop me. I just have to, you know, plan my day accordingly. <laughs> is it lactose? It's not a lactose intolerance. Well, it's an interesting. I don't know how interesting this is, but I went for an allergy test, and yeah. she said you're allergic to cats, you're allergic to grass, and you're allergic to dairy. And I asked, oh, am I lactose intolerant? Because I don't understand that. You know, she says, no, 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 you have an allergy. And so I said, well, what is the difference? And she said, well, what you have is an allergy. I said, but I don't understand the difference between an allergy and an intolerance. She says, and she, you know, was trying to be very patient with me. She says, well, if you were lactose intolerant, that would be one thing. But we're testing for allergies, so we know that you have an allergy. And I'm getting a little bit, you know, frustrated, and I'm asking again, and she's answering again, and we never really did figure it out. All I know yeah. is I, my, my wife put her hand on my arm, and she says, we'll wait for the doctor. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, I still really couldn't tell you. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Oh my god! But, no, uh, but you know what? Like seriously, like even when you're talking lactose intolerant and stuff like that, um, that's a big thing. Like I have it is to a know. Huge thing. It's a huge like, thing. Lactose intolerant. I'm pregnant. Whatever. It's like I have to like think about those things when I'm actually selling cheese because um, if I have somebody who's lactose intolerant, I've got to say, okay, well, there's no way you're going to be having a triple cream and feeling good afterwards like right. it's just not going to happen well there are different so, levels of lactose i gather in different kinds yeah. of cheese well, the older the cheese is the less lactose it it is so if you have an aged cheddar like say four or five six years you're looking at very minimal lactose 
Mm-hmm. If you have um, something like a Swiss Gruyere made out of cow's milk, there's zero lactose in it. Oh, okay. And sheep's milk, zero lactose. Goat's milk, she- zero lactose. And a lot of people are unaware of that. They think, oh my God, I'm lactose intolerant. I can't have cheese. You can totally mm-hmm. have cheese. And you can have great varieties of cheese because all those varieties come in soft and hard and whatever. So... Well, and I would imagine, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine because goats are so much more uh, adaptable or, or you, I mean, it, it doesn't take as much to raise goats as it does to raise cattle in certain areas. So certain areas of the world, goats are a lot more uh, feasible than cows are. Prevalent. And so I would, and yeah. yeah, prevalent, that's the word. Yeah, I would, so I would assume that they're, as a result, you can get a lot more variety out of goat's milk because there's simply more goats out there in different parts you of the do. world. So I'll tell you one of my like stupid questions that I actually asked Chef out at uh, Guns Hill. <laughs> okay. I said, Chef, why is goat's milk so much more expensive than cow's milk? And he goes, Nadine, have you ever tried to milk a goat? <laughs> <laughs> so labor intensive, is that the deal? And I went, oh yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, and so goat, so goats, goats cheese. You're thinking like it's like the feta. That's the most famous goat's cheese that I can think of, isn't it? Feta is not just goat goat's milk. But we is have cow's not? milk feta too. Really? Yeah, and you can get sheep's milk feta. Oh, so feta is feta more of the style of, a, of cheese. Yeah, it's more of a style of a cheese. Okay. Yeah. Right. So like it's a fresh cheese, right? And mm-hmm. it can be made um from any kind of milk. Really. So, yeah. So if you come to my shop, like I pretty much like I'll carry goat's milk feta sometimes. But the most popular one that I have is the Macedonian feta, which is cow's milk feta. And oh. it just like I can't keep enough in stock. Like really? it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? We're gonna come, go to part two in a little bit, and I okay. was very, I was very, I put it on a board. I haven't taken it out of the plastic yet, but <laughs> I have, I have this great um, sampler that you're, you're someone. I'm, I, I think is it Natalie? Is her name Natalie? Natalie. She was very thoughtful and put together this little plat platter for me. So yeah, we're gonna try the, the best. and we'll go through what they are, what these different kinds of cheese are. And then yeah, we talk about pretty. the different styles because it, it's a lovely mix. It looks like you've got a real uh, nice mix of things in here. I'm very excited to try this stuff out. Now, do you have a? I mean, I, asking if you have a favorite cheese, I guess, is like asking if you have a favorite child. But I'm sure you have your favorites. Mm-hmm. I have my favorite. Yeah. Everybody knows my favorite is Saint Agur. It's a blue cheese. Well, and everybody I, knows it now. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows it at the market. <laughs> okay. So now, tell us about that cheese. What? Where does it come from? Um, so that's a, a double cream, uh, blue cheese from France, actually. And okay. it's fantastic. Oh, St- is it stinky? Is the blue cheese? Is it smelly? Not to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you mentioned double cream a few times now. Does that mean, and this, these are all stupid questions because I honest to goodness know nothing about cheese. Uh, double cream, does that just mean two different kinds of cream go in or just twice as much of the same Twice cream? as much. Okay. Twice all as right. much. And then when you get a triple cream, it's like twice as like, Three times, Three times as much, as much? Yeah. and a quadruple. I guess the, there's a there's. I guess you're <laughs> reaching. Get the paddles out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm I'm really really excited to try these cheeses. Uh, if people want to learn more about Tipperary Bog uh, and they can't make it out to Brantford, because you do deliver beyond Brantford, you like you deliver I to Cambridge and deliver. Well, I used to in during COVID and stuff, but these days I'm I'm really restricted to Brant County. Okay, Brent County. Yeah. All right. Okay. So if yeah. people want, so then if people want to see you, the best thing to do is to head to your shop, which is where? At the Brantford Farmers Market. Excellent. 
right? Yeah. And and that's just Find on out. Icon. You can look at Icon, Icon Drive in yeah. Brantford, and we're open all year round. And we're open Fridays uh, from nine till two, and Saturdays seven a.m. till two p.m. And Excellent. it's just a great, friendly market, and people come from all over the place just to come to Brantford Farmers Market. So they do. They really do. They, yeah, because that's what Heather. No, my Heather, our friend Heather, uh, was very, very enthusiastic about the Brantford Farmers Market because she works out of the one in Paris. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's news. a trooper. She is a trooper. She and I did Rocky she, Horror. We met because we were doing Rocky oh, Horror did Picture Show together. Did you do that together. with Emery too? Yes, I love Emery too. Emery, the two of them are. A, it's like, They're a force <laughs> to be reckoned with. Those two they, women, they, I love them. They really are. This is probably going to uh, cut out in just a few minutes. So I'm going to okay close it up and, then, and I'll I'll send you a link to a brand new one in a few minutes. Okay, sounds good. Okay, thanks. Okay. Thanks, Nadine. You have been listening to part one of this week's installment of the best of what's out there on MidtownRadio.ca, recorded yesterday, December 18th, 2022, via Zoom. My name is Randolph J. Our guest has been Nadine Evans of the Tipperary Bog Cheese Shop, located inside the Brantford Farmer's Market. Part two is coming up in just a moment, but first I want to remind you that this is a brand new program and your feedback is always welcome. Drop me a line anytime, radiorando at gmail.com. That's radiorando at gmail.com. And now, part two. We are good to... There we go. Okay. Okay. Are we good to go? We're good to go. Yeah, we're good to go. Okay. <laughs> Nadine Evans is with us here on Midtown Radio as our first official guest, uh, talking all things cheese uh, she comes to us from the Tipperary Bog, which is at the Brantford Farmer's Market in lovely downtown Brantford. And if you haven't been, I would suggest heading down. You catch Nadine just as you walk in. She's on the right-hand side. A huge crowd will be there talking cheese with Nadine, but she's very fast and her staff are great and they will take great care of you. And uh, so now let's talk about the cheeses that you sent me home with yesterday, Nadine. All right. Let's okay. do it. Okay, now you're uh, Natalie gave me a list, uh, which I'm just I have up here. I'm tethered <laughs> to my microphone here. So, okay, so the first one we're going to try is the Five Brothers Reserve. Mm, that one's is... from Guns Hill Farm out in Woodstock. It is. Okay, what can you tell yeah. us about this cheese? So, that is the Appenzeller Gouda cheese that we were talking about before. That's mm. a hybrid cheese. Mm. And he actually has won the Grand Prix with that cheese, which is mm -hmm. amazing. The Cheese Grand Prix here in Canada. Mm -hmm. So, which is an amazing competition to win. And he won it only being in business for a few years. That shows how good he is. This guy trained in Switzerland. Um, Chef is his name, Chef Eiselstein. And he, um, that Five Brothers is actually made all of the time. However, the reserve is only available at Christmas every year. And those are aged for two years versus nine, the nine months the Five Brothers is usually aged. Oh, very, it's very good. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big Gouda fan. I do like. Gouda. Is that delicious? It's very, very delicious. Now, okay, so now you say, um, uh, what was I going to ask you here? Uh, the Grand Prix. Where does that happen? Uh, usually, it happens up in Quebec. Actually. Oh, that makes sense. So, right? Yeah. Have you yeah, have you toured the cheeses? Cheese from all over Canada. Yeah, well, I would imagine. So, did, now, did, have you toured the cheeses of Quebec? Uh, I personally have not toured the cheeses like going to different fromageries in, in Quebec, but I've toured them, like <laughs> getting them into the shop and eating them. <laughs> I so, love them. 
How does the process work when people send you cheeses? So you you because obviously you can't taste everything before you get it in your shop, or can you? Do you taste it all before you pull no, it in? No, I can't. No, some of it I just order off because they've been referred. So right. when it comes in, I'm going, oh yeah, that's like a fantastic cheese. Or sometimes I don't like some of the things that I've been asked to get, like mm. you know, some like uh, the what is that? What is that cheese? Oh, and people are going to hate me for this, but the coconut Buddha. To me, it tastes like uh, sunscreen. <laughs> I was gonna say coconut. I, I imagine it's a in the eighties, like lying out soaking myself <laughs> in coconut sunscreen. <laughs> oh my god, I remember that stuff. Oh my god, the uh, no, but uh, I'm just curious because the because you obviously you, and they can't all be winners when they get in a different taste. Like people have different yeah, tastes. Some people just like. like preface that. Some people think coconut gouda is the best gouda in the world. Yeah, well, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer. Nobody is supposed to like everything. Exactly. Right? To each right. his own. Because <laughs> I, I okay, so I can only take a little bite of this because otherwise I won't be able to talk. Now, the second one, this is a much larger, very generous portions Natalie gave me here. It's more than yeah, I think I can handle. She's a generous type of girl. <laughs> okay, so this one, this one just says uh, uh, ten year. It's what it says. I don't know what kind of cheese it is. Oh, that's it's a cheddar. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, this it's is, a ten year is, cheddar. This is a year. Yeah. Yeah. So. An interesting thing is you cannot age cheese that has bits in it. When I mean bits, it can't have like um, sun-dried tomatoes or anything in it if, if you're going to age a cheese because mm-hmm. it would just end up molding, right? Well, because so, the cheese is not the only thing aging. The tomatoes are aging. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Ugh. yeah. So anyways, but the 10-year-old cheddar, that one particular one is actually from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a lovely one, a little bit stronger it's like a little bit of barnyard taste is how you it, describe it is. that i was about to say it's a very very powerful <laughs> i don't think that's the one one of the one of the items on this cheese board that i fashioned here uh is definitely olfactory wise taking over the room <laughs> i don't think it's that one but this cheddar is is very strong it's very nice i like i like sharp and so that's what you call a sharp taste sharp. sharp. yeah that would be a sharp cheddar yeah. um i would like if I was pairing that, you would either you can either go with a couple things. You can do a very nice deep red wine. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything like a Merlot or Cab Sauv. You could do um, a nice sweet wine. So if you want a Gertzmeiner, if you want to um, do something more along the lines of a port or a sherry with that, mm-hmm. those are great things as well to pair with that aged cheddar so mm-hmm. and with the aged cheddars they have to and with any aging of any cheese you have to keep you know rolling it and brushing it and washing it and you know make sure it's like um you know it's keeping healthy and not cur- not like carrying some unhealthy fur on it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> well I, I don't really know what you mean so but you, you so, so is it like turning wine not, bottles every now and then you have to turn the bottle yeah, or yeah it's like turning the wine bottle that's okay. exactly the same thing. So they, so you think of all these like walls of cheese. You've seen the big yeah, walls of Parmesan and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Well, that takes somebody going through and turning, turning them and washing them, like or brushing them off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a whole process. So people don't understand. They go, "Oh my gosh, how expensive is that cheese?" And you know, this age, why is it so expensive? First of all, you have the real estate. Here he comes again. Sorry. First he comes the real estate. And then you have the manpower to actually take care of that cheese, mm-hmm. you know, for that duration. So, mm-hmm. Well, and it's an investment in time, too, because, you know, uh, you are putting 10 years into this wheel. And if something goes south and you're yeah. out, 
all that, you know, so the insurance I'm sure is quite high. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So like if you had, um, uh, a different level of bacteria happening in your cheese making, um, area or like aging area, Mm -hmm. then that could wipe out a whole year of cheese. Mm. So Revolution, uh, Revolution did not come through this year from Europe um, just because of that reason. They had a, a bacteria issue on their so cheese. Revolution is a type of cheese. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so that was sad. You know, sad. last year we had, it was the Salt Spring Island cheese. Um, they lost a season, the Christmas season, because of that fl- big flood that cut everything off mm-hmm. last year. So, and they were like wiped out. They couldn't get their cheese off the island. So, man. Yeah, it was ready to go, but I guess they had a lot of cheese in Salt Spring. <laughs> okay, well, you you gotta, I guess you, like, you just age it another year, I suppose. And yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what you would do. Okay, so let's move on to number three here, which uh, it says Montana. Yes, that's a nice three-year-old Gouda, and that one is actually from the Netherlands. Hmm. So you'll see it. The older Gouda gets, it actually gets sweeter in mm-hmm. flavor. It does yeah. taste a little bit sweeter. It maybe maybe down with coffee. Might be, I, I am actually in my Mister T mug. Yeah. It, should, I should, it should just be tea, but it's coffee. Yeah, it should just be tea. They spelled it wrong. No, I, <laughs> I, no, I, I need a little palate cleanser. The um, uh, I was good. I I apologize to you because you're watching me do this. I'm not. I'm sure there's a cheese etiquette of having the right knife to cut but into shape. There probably yeah. is, but we'll ignore that. I'm just taking big bites out of things. <laughs> But it's really good. You go now, hard. You go hard like we all do. Yeah. Well, this one has a, a, a rind to it. And tell me, because I know some rinds are edible and some, I guess they're all ultimately edible or no? Because the wax. Are we ones still aren't. talking about the Montana? Well, just any in general. I just because so, the, the, the Montana so has a thicker rind than okay. Montana. Yeah. So just, if you look at the Five Brothers, Five Brothers yeah. is an actual uh, edible rind. Yeah. But if, it's a thinner. It's a yeah. thinner, less less dense rind. Yeah. So if you look at the Montana. It's actually a wax on that. Mm-hmm. So they've used it and molded it into with the wax molding, which will help preserve the cheese a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And there are different rinds. Like, I mean, you could have a washed rind where they go across and wash it with wine all the time. Mm. That's a nice one. If I have a rind, I'm sure that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> give what me the, my rind. Give me the wine rind. <laughs> okay. okay. So next one we have here is Red Fox. Made with real yeah. Red Fox. It is actually a Red Leicester uh, mm-hmm. from England. That one is aged a little bit longer than usual. So I have another one called Red Storm, which is, uh, is creamier. This one is a little uh, firmer, a little more crystally, and definitely has a nice nippy taste to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, these are so, all these are all flavorful. You've sent me very flavorful cheeses. They're nothing bland. Yeah, you know right. I mean? These are not these are not the. Uh, uh, obviously, I'm trying to wow you. <laughs> well, I'm wowed, Nadine. Come on, it's great stuff. Now, this one, uh, we're going on to number uh, five now. It says Saint, uh, I think it's A G U E. I can't, I can't, I heard, you should lovely penmanship. A-G-U-R. But I can't remember. So, whose A-G-U-R. favorite cheese is Saint Agur? Mm-hmm. This is your Everybody most favorite knows. cheese. Did you it's say it's my most favorite? Is it? I told you that in the first. I know. I just want to make sure that this is already forgetting about me. No, no, no. I want to make doubly sure because this is this might be the culprit. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the culprit. Mm, Wow, that's powerful! (laughs) My God, 
Do you like blue cheese or no? I do now. I'm sure I do. Yes. I just have to find something. Is it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a damp cheese. <laughs> Let me just oh, you mean a sticky one? Well, no, I was just using my bare hands, and it, yeah. <laughs> it's just a little it's moisture. Right, that was elegant. <laughs> it's very, very. Good. So, so you do like the stinky cheeses then? I I like that one. I guess if you like, I guess that could be described as stinky. I like it because it's like so creamy and yummy. Well, I guess I'm thinking this would make a great spreading kind of a cheese, like with tomato yeah. or bagel or something like that. That would be a great um, purpose. Yeah, more like on a very, very thin wafer cracker. Yeah. But you don't <laughs> if like you to have to have something. If yeah, you, you have don't to like have something you, with your cheese. Yeah, you don't like to spoil it with crackers and wafers. No. See, I, pay, I pay attention. I understand. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but that's it's very good. I, I have a feeling my wife's gonna really like that one because she's very much and and it, you're right, it's not the stinkiest of cheeses. It, I mean, because no. I whatever think I always think of Limburger. Oh, Limburger I, is a little more fragrant. Yeah. And uh, but also like if you had like a washed rind stick a washed rind, which is like a little bit stickier, like Telegio can be a little bit um more fragrant than other cheeses. Or if you have uh Something like the Grail, which is an ash-covered goat cheese. Um, I always know when I have the Grail box in the back of my car. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's like you can't forget that one overnight sitting in the back of your car. <laughs> uh, now, how do you – now? I guess this is a good question. How do you keep your cheeses from fighting with each other? You know what I mean? Like, Because if you're – because you're – your shop, you've got all your cheeses next to each other. You've got all your cheeses. Yeah. Kind of, how yeah. do you keep them from polluting one another? Well, most of my cheeses are wrapped. So in well, the, course, the cabinet, because otherwise they would absorb uh, too many other uh, flavors um, or smells in there. The, mm. the, there are cheeses that you can't wrap. So like the gray owl that I just described, which is an ash covered goat cheese. You don't want to put that in plastic wrap because it would just destroy the cheese because it's so delicate with the ash covering, which is the moisture levels. It would just make that ash like really. Oh, but just wrapping yeah. in plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. So you have to just lid that one. Hmm. So there are cheeses that you would just like, you know, they have different ways to take care of them. Mm -hmm. um to you know sustain them in the in the texture you know that they should be in mm -hmm. well that makes sense say. yeah okay and so our final of the five of the uh five is uh riopalo is that how i say that real pal real pal real pal it's Riopelo. named after john paul real the artist uh from quebec oh very and good. actually if you looked up real online you would see the cover um, that they use for this cheese is actually by that artist and mm. he's since passed away and everything, but it is actually named after him. And that is a really big award-winning cheese from Quebec. Well, it look, I thought it was a brie when I looked at it. It looks like a wedge of brie. It it's technically much creamier. not brie, but no, it is not. a nice gloomy rind. Yeah. yeah, it's very nice. And the, the rind was very, I, the rind looks like one of those thick, heavy duty, mm. you know, eat around nice, it like, kind of thing. Yeah. So but they call wasn't. that rind a bloomy rind and the bloom on it, um, there's, there's a few that you would get with like the triple creams and, um, you know, some double creams you get, um, other things like less Jean that's from here in Canada where they take that rind down by washing it. So we talked about washing before mm -hmm. and, but this one they would, you know, you can use anything for a wash, but in most circumstances with a wash rind, they're just using a, like sort of a, a Renity type base and you just like wash it that way so okay and, and do you take find, the bloom off 
do you find that Days of Bloom off the road is kind of so to speak? Yeah. <laughs> now let me ask you now in the because you import cheese obviously because you're bringing in cheese from all over. Yeah. Well, personally, I'm not an importer um, because you have to importers fight for quota. So you would have Loblaws who took most of the quota this year, and you would take you would have other importers that would get a percentage of quota because Canada will only bring in so much international cheese well that was going to be my next question is how are you how do you navigate that uh, landscape because it's got to be constantly shifting well there's oh my gosh it was constantly shifting over the last few years definitely so it usually it doesn't shift too much um however we had other elements that were blending in there which would be covid and mm -hmm. uh, the lack of um shipments coming out because of so many people getting covid and they were just like wouldn't have the workers to deliver mm -hmm. on either whether it's in the actual shipping process or the production process. You know, there, it was a very tough time. Um, so you just try to navigate. You can kind of like see where um, where there may be gaps coming up uh, mm -hmm. in like when Italy was really struggling with everything that we knew that was going to have a knock on effect. So you kind of had to prepare for that and say take more cheeses out of Spain and Portugal, which have similar styles, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge sometimes, that's for sure. And you never know if you're going to get everything that you ordered, for sure. Oh, that's true. So. And, and the thing, too, is when people are making artisanal cheeses, it's the same with a lot of things where, you know, national pride is on the line. And there's a very, there's a oh. very uh, personal, if your name, if your family name is attached to something and you're representing your, this is, which is why if you go to yeah. any, I've, I've always found this, if you go to any deli or any bakery that has the name of a country attached to it or some kind of culture, yeah. like a Polish bakery or a German deli or something, there's a lot of, there's a lot at stake. You really have to deliver the best of the best because you're representing something bigger mm -hmm. than yourself. Well, in the cheese world, it's actually um, called a designation status. Mm -hmm. So you would have DOP um, where you're origin protected. Okay. Mm -hmm. So origin protected means that you cannot produce that cheese outside of um, that country. Right. Okay. So, for example, like Gruyere, it used to be made in France and Switzerland, but now Gruyere can only be made in Switzerland. You know, they have that designation status. So, um, yeah, so there's there's a few things like that, that, you know, you can only, you'll only find in a certain country. Or Stilton. Stilton's a huge one. Stilton can't even just be made in England. It has to be made within five different counties within mm -hmm. England. So only those five, yeah, only those five counties can make Stilton. Yeah, no, but Mike, I guess... My question would be, obviously, if you, you know, if you have the palate, if you have the technology and you have the know-how and the manpower and the money, you could make something that tastes virtually like Stilton. And I don't, is you there a way to, you, you couldn't call it, well, obviously you couldn't call it Stilton, but it's the <laughs> so same way, you know, <laughs> yeah, sparkling wine is not champagne yeah, necessarily. Exactly. Sparkling yeah. wine is not champagne. And yeah. so it's the same it's funny, all it all ties back to wine in some way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it's just because I'm looking, you know, because I'm looking at your background and your on your Zoom, and it just looks it looks like you're in the middle of a Christmas party right now. Because I just look right? at your little bower there, you're in front of your fireplace. fireplace. <laughs> you got a charming dog running around. It looks like I do. yeah, you you <laughs> look ready for just about to like. <laughs> 
photo you look, Have you done all your shopping? No. I mean, yes, of course I have. <laughs> Everybody's getting G's? <laughs> I'm not a last minute shopper. I put a lot of thought into it. <laughs> well, I know where you can get some birdhouses. <laughs> I know. That'd be Graham down at the Brantford Farmer's Market. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, no, it, so- it sounds like you got a lot going on. It sounds like a lot of fun. And it does sound like you're doing what you're passionate about doing. I am. So it's not like a job. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's the magic. It really isn't. Well, and how do you, like, what, what, uh, I don't want to ask you for life advice or anything necessarily, but what, were you always a person that followed your heart, followed your passion, or did you just wake up one day and say, enough is enough, no more grind, I'm going to do what I love to do, and put all of your, you know, chips in that I've pile? I've always or? followed my passion. Yeah? Like, even the, even when I was in corporate, I really loved what I did for a long time. Um, I learned a lot, uh, from the company that I worked for, um, and, uh, yeah, I followed it. I followed my passion. I just actually fell into that job as well. And but I did end up being general manager of the company. And um I got to do so many exciting things and so many different trips and stuff because we were a performance improvement company, which means loyalty, brand loyalty. Mm-hmm. And um so yeah, the experiences, you know, I think I believe I'm a firm believer that your experiences throughout your life brings you to different points you know, where you're, you're doing a new thing. So my experiences between my 20, well, traveling in my twenties and then getting serious about work when I was around 27 and then changing it all up again when I was like 38, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's been, it led me to this place and this is my hometown. I love my hometown. I love the people in my hometown are so friendly and, um, I'd like to see like Brantford thrive and grow and, and become much more diverse and, you know, bring back everything that we learned. The, the kids that went, I'm never moving back again. They come back to Brantford to bring everything they learned. <laughs> well, people have a very interesting approach to their hometown, depending on what their hometown is. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. I'm from, I'm from Scarborough and Scarborough oh. gets dumped on by everybody. But in my, of my cohort, the people that were growing up in Scarborough around the time I did, a lot of us have very, very fond memories of of Scarborough, and I, I still like when I think of Scarborough, it's always a a, a positive, you know, fond. Yeah. Thought. I mean, I, I don't live there now. I live in Cambridge, which is now my town, and so you know, you yeah. become. There's that old expression of uh, when you someone asks you, "What kind of town is this?" I'm, mo- I'm moving to this town. What kind of town is it? And you say, "Well, what was what were the people like in your old town?" And you say, "Oh, they were great. They were fantastic. Oh, well, they're like that here too." <laughs> Or they were yeah. miserable. I hated it. Well, you're going to hate this too because people are the same. Right. And your 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 town is what you make it. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to put into it? Like you know, absolutely. I I want I I would love it to be more like uh, diversified on on the things that you can get around here for mm-hmm. eating. And thank God it's going that way. It's it's great. But also, you know, you you have to give back as well. So like you know, I I work. Uh, I work with my friend on the street. We're two cooks and we, and I help her with um, cooking for the homeless and that, mm-hmm. and, uh, or the less privileged as well. And, and it works out and it's fun. It's like, what do you put back into your hometown? You know, you can, a hometown could be anything that you make it. Well, it's true. You can't just wait for somebody else to make it for you. <laughs> right. You're a hundred percent right. And I have to say that, uh, you know, when you're doing something like uh, what you're doing and you're in the farmer's market, you're in a place where you are seeing, because not everyone is fortunate enough to work in a thriving environment. It's one thing to work in a shop 
where you're you, yeah. you see your shop and you see all the people that come into your shop and leave. But when you're in a, a market environment, you're yeah. you know you take a few moments and you leave um, you know someone or Natalie or someone behind the counter. You can just walk around and explore what else is out there, and it becomes a kind of a, a meeting space where you can share you know what's going on in town. How do we make Brantford better? How do we you know, fix some of the problems we have? How do we, you know, advance on some successes? And, you know, I think. Exactly. And we are, we're a city owned property. So, mm-hmm. you know, our city, um, it does invest in, in the Brantford farmers market and they want to see it successful. And, and we're lucky that way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And free parking. Know, we have a good collaboration now with the city and, and working with them to promote the market and, and develop the market into what it should be, um, all the time, like, you know, all encompassing of what our values as a city represents. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think the market is it's, it's any, any meeting place where people from all walks of life can come and, you know, check it out. And if you've never been to the Brantford farmer's market or to any farmer's market, most towns have some version of a farmer's market. Yeah. Check them out because it's a great yeah. way to meet your neighbors, to get out there and, and to see, you don't have to buy everything. You don't have to love everything, but you get to see yeah. this environment where people are, because I don't think anyone that I've met that works in a stall in a farmer's market and it's their business. I don't think any of them aren't passionate about what they're doing because it's too hard. It, it's, the that, work's too hard. That is, that is the truth. And where can you go to any supermarket and find a specialist at every single counter? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. every single counter has specialists there. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, the other thing is to look at it from a small uh, business opportunity. So if you're passionate about something, a food or a, or a, like a craft or you know anything like that, where else can you start up a small business and run a small successful business? You know, I personally like. I know you asked for my shop. I don't have a shop. I'm there for 12 hours a week plus i you know do delivery and stuff around brand county but mm-hmm. it is a place that can spawn a business and support a small business you know and and you know where else are you going to get free advertising and everything else put on by the city like it's fantastic mm-hmm. opportunity for small business owners so i'd say if you're interested in starting up a small business you should come down to the brand performers market and talk to the manager and talk to myself um, as the president of the market vendors because there's huge opportunities mm-hmm. to work for yourself now if you if you if cheese were found to be, you know, something we can't do cheese anymore. Cheese is no longer a viable food stuff. What would what would you move on to? Well, probably shoes, but wine. Shoes or wine. Just because they both come and, in wedges. They both come in wedges. Is that why? <laughs> and this, the funny thing is I have all these nice shoes and I never wear them. I'm always in my like rubber boots because I'm at the market. Well, I was going to say <laughs> you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't be wearing, you know, four inch, you know, <laughs> Gucci's when you're, you know, stomping around in a market cheese stall. It's, it's true. Yeah. Sloshing the feta juice on my on my Gucci. <laughs> There's your sound bite right there. <laughs> <It's> like, right. <laughs> I think I'll name my next shop after that. <laughs> do it absolutely. So when you're not when you're not involved with cheese, what do you do for fun? I mean, I mean, obviously it's a passion that you that you, you. I like do. to travel. Yeah. Where do you go? Yeah. Well, um, this year I've been to uh, England twice and Sweden twice, and I really love Europe. I like 
see new things. I went skiing mm-hmm. with my daughter over in uh, Sweden, which mm-hmm. was super fun. Yeah. Um, a little bit scary, but <laughs> downhill. <laughs> they have the, yeah. yeah, downhill. <laughs> definitely downhill. She goes, Mom, I've never seen some somebody who can so gracefully get up off skis like you can because you fall so much. <laughs> it's a good it's good practice. It's good practice for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I love to do that. I love uh, you know, I love to um, you know, take my dog for walks and you know, he's getting old now, but he was a good walker at yeah. one time. When you're traveling, you know, when you're so traveling, I like I have exploring. To assume, I like I exploring gonna, Canada. So yeah, I was gonna say because when you are traveling, I'm sure that you're seeking out the different, the different, the different cheese, cheese. You, what was the term you used? Fromageries. There you go. You're, you're checking the different cheese markets, the different cheese when you're going abroad. I'm sure if you're in Switzerland, you've got. A, I hear they've got a cheese. Swiss, oh yeah, I cheese, they got a cheese there. Or two. Oh my god. <laughs> I I. I literally share all my trips with my um, customers because I always am finding cheese boards and everything to do. And it's so much fun. Yeah. That well, sounds like a lot of fun. I think you're freezing. I, I, am I freezing? I think you're freezing. I think you've frozen. There you go. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. No worries. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I think, I think we're probably, I've got it up because we're going to play. Perfect. I think you're frozen again. So yeah, I think one of our internet connections is kind of crapping out on us here. So we'll sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Uh yeah, I just want to I, I can't thank you enough. Uh we've had Nadine Evans with us today for our you're our first, you are going to be our first official live streamed guest. And the premise of this program, what we want to do is do a live stream where people can ask questions in real time because there are there are I mean I'm I like cheese. I wouldn't call myself knowledgeable about cheese, but there are people in the world who are tuning into this who are very much, you know, cheese people. And I'm sure they have questions that they would love to have been able to ask you, which is why we wanted to have Nadine on uh YouTube. So we do a live stream and then anyone would you know, that's that's kind of the premise of what we're doing moving forward down the road. And unfortunately, my technological uh, lack has brought <laughs> us to the point where we're doing a pre-recorded show, uh, which is uh, broadcasting on uh, Midtown Radio from 7 to 8 p.m. on Mondays. But you'll be able to get the podcast from the site and you can pass it along if you wish and share it with your cheese friends. And if you have any questions at all about cheese, I, I suspect Nadine would be more than happy to give answer to those questions. So once again, it's the Tipperary Bog at the Brantford Farmer's Market. Did you want to give out your Instagram handles and details and phone numbers and all that jazz? Or Tipperary Bog Market. If you look uh, me up on anything from Facebook and Instagram, and you can look at, if you want to email me, you can go tipperarybogmarket um, at gmail.com. Beautiful. We'll make sure I post that and link to this as well, and uh, we'll get all that done. I really thank you enough. I know it's a busy time of year for you, so thanks for taking a few minutes and chatting with us. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for asking me, and shout out to Heather Slot over at I was gonna, Effects. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we want to dedicate our little show here, our little dog and pony and cheese show, to uh, Heather, who's done all yeah. these. Heather, Heather put us Best in touch girl in the first place. Ever. She does make great grilled cheese. She, oh. we're gonna see, I'm going to see if I can maybe have her talk about her passion for sandwiches at some point. Oh, on the road. you should. You should. I really should. Okay, uh, Nadine, thanks so much. Have a great holiday, and I look forward to seeing you in the new year. And you too. Okay, okay. bless your heart. Take care, hon. And that will just about do it for this week's installment of the best of what's out there on MidtownRadio.ca. I want to thank Nadine Evans of the Tipperary Bog for being our very first official guest. And my apologies that we weren't able to get the live stream up and running. It's my hope 
that uh, by this time next week, we will have that problem sorted. In the meantime, our guest next week will be Kate Frazier. She'll be talking about one of her many passions, coffee. So if you have any coffee questions, send them along. My email address, radiorando at gmail.com. Once we have a time set for the live stream, we will post that to our Facebook page, which is Mondo Rando. We'll also link that on Instagram with Mondo Rando Radio. Please do stay tuned for more great programming on midtownradio.ca and get out there and have a fun, fun week. Back soon. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye for now.